You are now listening to the Lifelong Learning Defined Podcast with your host, George Valenzuela. This is education coach George Valenzuela. Welcome to the Lifelong Learning Defined Podcast, where I provide all educators, whether instructional leaders or teachers, tips on how to be their best both personally and professionally. Now let's get into it. In this episode, I have a conversation with our show producer, David Cicero. David, welcome, and tell the audience a little bit about you and your role with the Lifelong Learning Defined podcast. Thanks, George, and thanks for inviting me to contribute to this great movement you're creating. I've been in education for quite a while, about 16 years, and we met a couple years back and linked up recently to just keep pushing for ways to elevate educator voices. George is constantly in classrooms, and it's imperative that he stays there. So we've decided to kind of field educator questions along the way and put them in front of George here on the podcast. And if you've got questions, you can certainly submit those to info at lifelonglearningdefined.com. Again, that's info at lifelonglearningdefined.com. And we'll do our best to feature them on the podcast. So George, while you were out, we did get a few question submissions. And interestingly enough, they're all related to passion. Can you spend a few minutes helping us understand the role passion plays in the classroom and how necessary it is? It's amazing that you're asking this. And I really, I'm really starting to believe that there are no mistakes, that, that the universe makes no mistakes. A couple of months ago, I was invited to do a keynote for the Computer Science Teachers Association, the CSTA. And I was really struggling to think, what can I talk about with these folks in terms of technology, ed tech, and CS in general? And I reached out to Victoria Thompson, a really good friend of mine who works over at Microsoft. And she has a powerful voice in ed tech. And she's very up to date on all the latest ed tech, tech, CS happenings. So I reached out to her and I was like, hey, When I started out my business, it really revolved around computer science, STEM, and ad tech. But as I got into classrooms, like you just mentioned, my expertise in instructional coaching and curriculum development and project-based learning is what schools really wanted more. So recently, well, not recently, I'd say in the past five years, most of my focus in schools is doing the learning walks and figuring out what parts of core instruction aren't right and helping school leaders and young teachers and veteran teachers figure out how to improve. Sometimes we integrate SEL into that instruction. Sometimes environmental science, sometimes STEM, sometimes CS, sometimes even equity. But the main focus is always pedagogy. And so I reached out to her and I was like, Victoria, what do you think I should do as someone that is so steep in pedagogy and instruction right now? What technologies or parts of CS would you say that I should focus on? And she didn't even blink. And she was like, look, if you were someone else, I would rattle off a bunch of tech things. But you're someone that has clearly tapped into their passion and into their purpose. So if I were you, George, I would really focus on helping teachers not only find their own passion and purpose, but on helping young people find theirs. So I went back to my drawing board and I just mapped my own journey backwards and I came up with six steps. So want me to share them real quick? Yeah. Well, what are they? (laughs) I'm at the edge of my seat. 
All right. So it's really a shortcut to helping young people, helping students find their purpose. So step one is really just explaining joy and stress to young people. Joy or happiness is always derived internally from doing something that we like or we love to do. And stress is really the same thing. It's an internal feeling or state when you're doing something you don't like to do. So it's very important to have young people take a step back and assess what's happening internally in terms of joy or stress. Now, have kids brainstorm or really consider what brings them joy and then have them do more of those things. So if a young person knows that they love being in nature, that they love playing sports, that they love family bonding, then they should try to consciously, intentionally find more opportunities to help bring that joy and that happiness into their life. And I want to back up a little bit on on stress. Stress is not a good feeling. It's not always a good thing, but it's not always a bad thing. At times, we have to do things that we don't want to do. For example, if I'm driving in the rain and I get a flat tire, right? It is stressful, but it's only for a temporary time. And that should be something that we explain to young people that at times you will be faced with obstacles, but you just have to handle them as best as you can and then move forward in a way that is pleasing. As teachers, we can actively help young people do more of what they love by structuring our lessons and our projects in ways that allows them to see themselves in the curriculum. For example, if they have an interest in sports, then maybe center a project or or a lesson in that interest. Esports is another great way of helping young people take their love of video games, but engage in learning at the same time. Now that young people know what they like to do, what they love to do, what makes them happy, now we want them to really consider their passions. And there is a difference between passion and what you like to do and what you love to do. For example, at one time, I used to love Fruity Pebbles. Fruity Pebbles was my entire life. I can eat the entire box. But as I got older, that became less and less true. So the things we like and the things we love may change. For adults, think of the person you were in love with at one time and now you can't stand. That changes. However, your passion, they typically don't change. So if young people are struggling to figure out what their passion is, I've got five questions that they can brainstorm and they can sit down. And I would do this as an activity in a project, a passion project. What do you think about often? That's the first one. It's important that young people learn to trust their inner voice. Research says that the more you can trust your intuition, the better you feel about your decisions and your quality of life. For a teacher in the classroom, the more that we can learn to trust our inner voice and our expertise, the better we will feel about teaching. Number two, what do you want to change so much that you lose sleep over it? And I think it's important that young people really consider what are the things that keep them up at night that they want to change, that they love so much that they want to preserve. For example, nature, the environment, a social justice issue, things like that. Number three, what makes you lose track of time? And that's pretty self-explanatory. Four, what do you want to be known for when your name is mentioned. And that itself is also self-explanatory. And number five, if you were rich, what would you do for free? Steve Jobs once said something along the lines of, by the age of 25, I made a million dollars. 
By the age of 26, I made 10. By the age of 27, I made 100 million. I would have did it all for free. And that is an important point. The thing that you love, your passion, the thing that you really care about should be something that you're not thinking about money. There's a great video where um, Snoop Dogg actually explains his his love of rap. So I want to play that really quick and hopefully we can bring this into the into the podcast. Do not do not go into a job thinking about money. Because if you go into a job thinking about money, you're not going to get the most out of it. If you go into a job loving it, being passionate about it, you're going to get everything you got coming out of it. But if you go into that job saying, I'm going to make a whole lot of money, this job's going to pay me this, you ain't going to get nothing out of it. You have to love it first. And I felt like I've always loved rap more than I love money. I've always loved rap more than I love fame. I love rap more than I love anything. That's why I built this facility so I could work whenever I want to. That's really an important point that I think young people need to understand. And I love to hear the stories of anyone that is really successful at what they do. And I look for the parallels in their journey to mine so that I can learn. And I can honestly say I love teaching and learning more than I love anything in the world. If God blessed me with everything I've ever wanted, I would still do it for free. I would still be writing books. I'd be writing articles. I'd be doing podcasts. I'd be on the road every week. I would do it for free. And I think that that's the difference between passion and just doing something you like to do. Something you like to do might be a hobby, but it's not really a passion. And you see that in people. And it's important to take notice. Number four is now to pursue your passion by setting a goal. Your passion is really about you. But you have to think about what do I want to accomplish within my passion? And as you set a goal, and setting goals is extremely important for not only young people, but all people, you have to consider two things. Seek assistance with how to get the goal accomplished. And I really advise this. Don't ever seek advice from anyone who hasn't accomplished what you want to accomplish. That's the reason why Dave is my show producer. He produces shows. That's what he does. That's what he's good at. So there's no reason for me to try to figure something out on my own that's very complex to seek advice with the how. Two is to maintain your energy. So energy is either positive or negative. If we're seeking assistance with the how and we're on our path to our goal, we will constantly be failing forward and seeing little successes along the way. That will keep us positive. It'll keep us motivated and on course. But if we're not seeing little successes and we're not failing forward, then our energy might be negative and we're not feeling into it. We might rather be watching TV, eating junk food, whatever, just not accomplishing our goal. So it's important to know our energy, put ourselves into a positive state by doing the things in step one, what we like to do, what we love to do, and seeing success along the way. Step five master your passion. Whatever that thing is, whatever your goal is, master it. And there's a book named Outliers by Malcolm Gladwell. In the book, he talks about the 10,000 hour rule. People like Steve Jobs, Bill Gates, Michael Jordan, Michael Jackson, all have the 10,000 hour rule in common. That's three hours a day, 20 hours a week for 10 years, 
focusing on your craft, on your passion, on what you love to do. In the book, it says that after 10,000 hours, you will become an expert. And I'll tell you this, even though it's not about the money, if you're really good at what you want to do, someone will pay you. And step six, which is the final step, is to use your passion to help other people. Your passion is about you. It's about making you feel fulfilled. But we were put here on this earth to be in the service of others. So take your passion, flip it, use it in the service of others, and now you have a purpose. And I prefer to walk in purpose, man. Like I wake up in the morning, no one has to remind me of my job, of what to do. I'm always focused. And I see people that are passion-driven, and they typically have the same results. And let's say you can't find your passion. Let's say you've done all these steps and you can't really figure it out. There's a great quote by Rory Vaden of Brand Builders Group, and he says this, you are perfectly positioned to help the person you used to be. So all you have to do is do that self-assessment. Who was I at one time? Well, at one time, I was a struggling teacher. At one time, I was a struggling administrator. At one time, I was a struggling husband, not knowing what to do. Once you know what to do, you help those that need your help, and now you'll have your purpose and all the blessings that are attached. Powerful tips today, George. I really appreciate all these great insights and a few things I'm walking away with. Personally, just just as, as the producer for this, for this podcast, particularly feeling your past, feeling your past and your um, in your passion, all the things I've learned in the past that I didn't think would bubble up somehow when I'm doing the things I'm passionate about, they end up bubbling up and I'm thinking, Oh, that that's what that was for back then. And now it's coming into play now. And so I really hope our listeners will join us for our next episode where we'll kind of dig a bit more into how project-based learning, um, can help kids explore their passions. Thank you for listening to the Lifelong Learning Defined podcast with George Valenzuela.